Hey everybody, welcome back to Distracted Quartet of Chaos on a regular schedule. Aren't, isn't this exciting? Wow, a normal intro. I know, normal intro. I was about to say, nobody release. messed with it. You went too fast, you didn't give us a chance to mess with it. You didn't give us a chance to mess with it. I didn't even know you were starting. You just said, okay, here we go. I can start again if y'all want to mess with me. No, 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 no okay. we're here. We started, it's fine. Well, we're finally, we're finally back in a normal routine. For recording and such um and with that we are happy to be bringing you another episode of distracted the quartet of chaos i am aaron your hopefully humble host i try to walk you through all of the disney movies which if this is your first time listening to us that is what we're doing we're watching through all of the walt disney animation studios feature films in order of release date so we started with snow white and we're working our way up so we are now on episode nine for the ninth feature film, Fun and Fancy Free. Hey everybody, I'm going to interrupt myself. Um, this is Aaron from the future. I am currently sitting down editing this podcast episode, and wouldn't you know it, we had a problem. So you'll hear me complain in a few minutes about having some technological issues before we started recording. Um, we assumed, I assumed, we had fixed everything. But lo and behold, when I opened up our audio files to edit, Andrew's file was um, completely silent. There was nothing there. So I don't have any audio for Andrew for this episode. So if it sounds odd, if it is coming across as though there was supposed to be something there, or if I miss a question to Andrew to cut out and I, you hear someone ask Andrew a question and just silence... My bad. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm going to have an interview with Andrew in the end so y'all can still hear his opinions and his ranking. Um, so y'all don't have to miss out on that. But I just wanted to fill everybody in. that um, That's why you don't hear him talking throughout this episode. Because technology is the bane of my existence. <laughs> um, anyways, enjoy the podcast episode. Enjoy Fun and Fancy Free. And... I don't have anything witty to say, so I'll just let y'all jump right back into this intro. And as I just said in my fast talking, I'm Aaron. I am your hopefully humble host. I am the third of the four siblings that make up the distracted quartet of chaos. If we were Mickey, Donald, and Goofy as us three brothers, this would have been the fifth time that I would be Donald. And we're only on episode nine, so I just decided to stay away from the Fab Five characters. I think that's smart. So, keeping in tradition with that, the second of the four of us siblings is Adam. He's our lump jaw, the bully bear. Ah, uh, I was wondering if that was going to be me. I'll be completely honest. I thought he was going to be that that puppet that was, like, oh. always <laughs> making comments on the thing. That would have been Charlie perfect. McCarthy, the puppet. Nobody in the podcast can see me, but I am giving Abby a very, very stern glare. Okay, that was not out of an insult. It's just because the way that he talked, and he was like, oh, yeah, this is great. Just, um, it reminded me of you. I, I was I also trying not to do... I was trying not to talk about the puppets because they're not Creepy. animated. So. Um, so I'm Aaron. I already introduced myself twice, but I have to typecast myself. So I am Bongo the Bear because there's no other male character in this that's not Mickey, Donald, or Goofy. So here we are. 
We're going for a stretch with the typecasting this this Yes, round. we are. But you know what? I'm sticking to my gut. And then our the youngest of the four of us, the only voice of reason amongst our madness is Abby. And she is the harp because the only other characters were the cow, which would be offensive, and Lulu Bell, who would have been my love interest, and that's weird. I would have taken the cow. <sighs> Dang, now I wish I would have known that, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> So that's us. We are the Quartet of Chaos, and we are raring to go. We're excited. Woo! Excited actually may not be the word, because this is uh, yet another package film, fun and fancy free. We have one more after this, right? Nope, two. <laughs> and we had a little bit of production issues before this, so we're already off to just a wonderful and energetic start today, but it's going to be a great time. We're going to have a great day. I'm good. Thanks, Abby. Um, so, I suppose we'll jump into some, what did I call it last time? Fun facts and snazzy stats? That's exactly what it was, yes. I think, that, I think that's what I said. That's Please. what we'll do. We'll Please. jump into it. Please keep it. Yeah, why not? Um, so Fun and Fancy Free was released September 27th, 1947 in theaters. So we are almost to the 50s. Um, the box office, it brought in $3.165 million, and I could not find anywhere what the budget was. Fascinating. So, I don't know if it was a success. All I know is that it brought in $3 million. So, I mean, obviously it's successful. It's just all anyone ever talks about is fun and fancy free, so. Yeah. Duh. Oh, I'm already out of ideas i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> we had we had some issues with recording this equipment before we hosting started, is starting to wear really, down on him man <laughs> it just really stressed me out so i like here let me take over just send me the ipad i'll get it no honey Aww. last she, time that she got a speeder on this she's just gonna speed <laughs> run this she said disney <laughs> make my music that's what all, disney that, I mean, that's all you need to know there was a beanstalk, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. I just needed a minute because I just got stressed. So, our directors are Jack Kinney, Bill Roberts, and Hamilton Lusk. All three of them were directors on Make Mine Music last time as well. And then we have William Morgan, who was the director for the live-action stuff with Edgar Bergen. Hmm. Music was by Oliver Wallace, Paul Smith, Elliot Daniel and Charles Walkett. Um, the producer is none other than Walt Disney. I mean, I am truly awesome. shocked and surprised. I know it's it's just crazy. Um, okay. And then I'll go ahead and talk about the cast, and then we can get into our fun facts because there's some interesting stuff about this movie. Believe it or not. So you have Jiminy Cricket, voiced by the incomparable Cliff Edwards. You have Dinah Shore narrated the Bongo the Bear segment. So if you recognize that name, Dinah Shore, she sang one of the songs in Make Mine Music. Oh, okay. I don't remember which one. It may have been Two Silhouettes. Um, and then you have Mickey, Donald, and Goofy, who were all voiced by their original voice actors. 
Walt voiced Mickey, Clarence Nash voiced Donald, and Pinto Colvig voiced Goofy. Um, you have Willie the Giant, who was voiced by Billy Gilbert. And Billy Gilbert, we know him best as Sneezy in Snow White. Okay. He was in, like, everything from the early 1930s to... Like the beginning of the fifties. I thought he, I everything. was thinking Dopey for a second, and I'm like, "Oh, dope! He had a voice actor." <laughs> I mean, he technically did. I think Dopey did have a voice effect. So, I mean, like he actor. he yelled at one point. Something like that. Um, oh, sorry, I just sniffled, and it made me think. If I sound weird to all you listeners, it's just because I have a head cold. So don't don't worry about it. I'm fine. <laughs> As Abby glaringly scoots away from me um we have the magic harp who is voiced by anita gordon which she is she was a big name radio singer and then you have the king's men who were the happy valley crows and sang the happy valley song and the king's men sang one of the songs and make my music and i mentioned on the last episode they were the ones that sang the song of the roustabouts in dumbo Right. And then you have Edgar Bergen with his puppets Charlie McCarthy and Mortimer Snurd. And he was a big name ventriloquist and comedian. I'm sorry, did you say one of the puppets' names was Mortimer Snurd? Uh huh. Mortimer Snurd. No further questions, Your Honor. <laughs> so I actually read that. Edgar Bergen was the inspiration for Jim Henson for the Muppets. Because okay. that was kind of one of the first instances that someone did ventriloquism with a puppet who was sitting in a different chair. You know, what, huh. what we now what we now know as a, synonymously as the Muppets style started with Edgar Bergen. Um, he was, he had his own TV show. It was called the Charlie McCarthy show. So it was about the puppet. Um, he was big. He was big back then. And then you have Luanna Patton, the little girl, who was also in Song of the South. And we'll see her once again in this next film that we're watching, Melody Time. So that's exciting. <laughs> and then she was in a good bit of stuff when she grew up as well. And that is our cast. So now I can share lots of fun facts with you guys so our most fun fact i thought you were about to be like so in next segment (laughs) i thought that was gonna be it no i actually do have some cool stuff about this movie enlighten us um so the idea for the mickey version of jack and the beanstalk was first pitched to Walt by Teehee. Yes! Two in a row, buddy! Two in a row! Him and another animator pitched the idea to Walt, and he loved it so much that he was crying with joy, is what I read on Wikipedia. So, I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, We love that. The two different shorts, Bongo and the Beanstalk shorts, were both intended to be their own individual full-length films. But because of 
the strike in 1941, and then the war, and then the propaganda films for the war, and then having no money after the war, all that. Neither of them ended up getting finished. And so that's how they ended up in this package film. I do have a few more things that kind of explain some of that. Uh, I have to find them. <laughs> so Bongo the Bear was originally slated to be a sequel to Dumbo. Um, I can see that. And they had about 50 minutes of it animated, I think is what I read, and they had almost the whole script done before World War II happened, and then they had to drop it, and then they didn't have enough money to finish it, so they stuck it with Mickey and the Beanstalk, which started off as a full-length movie called The ha um, Legend of the Happy Valley, or something like that. And Mickey and the Beanstalk had some really cool stuff in it. There was a couple different versions they'd worked through. Um, originally, there was a scene where Mickey sold the cow, and he sold it to... Honest John Foulfellow from Pinocchio. That's kind of fun. That's cool. And then there was a different version where Mickey gave the cow to the queen, who was Minnie, and in return she gave him the magic beans. Um, yeah, but obviously neither of those ended up in there. I would have loved to see like an actual full length of Mickey and the Beanstalk. I would too. I think it would have been really cool. Um, and then when they decided to put Mickey and the Beanstalk in a package film for money, originally they were going to pair it with The Wind and the Willows, which is the Mr. Toad story. Okay. And it was going to be called Two Fabulous Characters. But then they also had Bongo, and so they decided to pair Bongo and Mickey and make it um, fun and fancy-free. And that's when they paired Mr. Toad with The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, and that was going to be called Two Fabulous Characters, but later got renamed to The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. It's more catchy. Like yeah. It. So that's kind of the – it's got an, an odd history. It went through a lot of different changes. And I have heard from a different podcast that there were different versions of this – of the Mickey and the Beanstalk short that were released places because it would play on, like, Disney Channel or The Wonderful World of Disney – and there was one version that was narrated by Ludwig von Drake. Um, and then maybe another one. So Mickey and the Beanstalk has been through quite a lot. Okay. It's been through quite a lot. And Mickey and the Beanstalk was first, the production first started the same time that they started The Sorcerer's Apprentice and The Brave Little Tailor. Um, all around early 40s because that was when Mickey had gotten less popular than Donald and Goofy and Looney Tunes characters and stuff like that. Like we talked about in Fantasia, why they put him in Fantasia was to increase popularity. So this movie, Fun and Fancy Free, is the last time that Walt Disney voiced Mickey Mouse. Because after oh. this, he had so many projects going on, he was too busy to do it. So oh. after this, the second guy ever credited to voice Mickey Mouse came in and he was a sound effects engineer at the time I think so I think so I'm not sure I didn't care to research it that much oops <laughs> and uh, let's see do I have any other fun facts for you today so the opening song I'm just a 
laid back fellow or whatever it was that Jiminy sang was originally written for Pinocchio, but then it was cut from Pinocchio. Okay. But then they already had it written, so they said, well, let's just put it in here. And that concludes fun facts and snazzy stats, because that's all I have. All right. So, we jump into fun and fancy free. Let's start with our childhood memories, which is almost nothing. We, as a family, I think we're aware of the existence of Mickey and the Beanstalk. Um, it was, we talked about it on the last episode about that commercial for, it was like mini legend, mini Disney legends or something that had uh, Mickey and the Beanstalk on it as well. And I think that's really kind of our only knowledge of it was that it existed and that part of a commercial was Mickey saying, hey guys, I traded our cow for some magic beans. I guess that's kind of it for memories. Um, so we, we, we can go ahead and get into our first impressions of the movie. Um, Adam, we talked a little bit yesterday. You started to tell me about it, but I wanted to wait. So what is your what was your first impression of the movie? This, in my opinion, is the most boring package film we've watched. And is very close to the most boring film we have watched for this podcast. I oh. did not like this. Wow. I, That's I, not I, what I thought I, you were going to say. I am fully expecting... This one had the most potential and the most actual plot structure... But for every, basically everything this thing, yeah, this movie does right, I think it does something worse. Wow. Well, I'm excited to hear more about that. <laughs> and he's back. I was about to say, yeah, I will not be the wet blanket this one. I'm going to be the drenched blanket. <laughs> hey, everybody needs it. Everybody needs it. What about you, Abby? What about me? Overall thoughts? Is that what First talking? impressions. First, okay, and cool. we're already into <laughs> Abby wasn't paying attention again. Our favorite thing. No, no, I was. I just... Okay. Um, I... I liked it better than some of the others. There were parts when I was kind of bored, I'll be honest. Because I know me and you were watching it together. And there were times I was just like, okay, this has gone on long enough. Yeah. But um, I do like that it had more of a storyline than some of the previous ones. Um, some sequences I wasn't, or, like, the puppet part I thought was kind of unnecessary. Like, if it's, like, why, why put that in? But, um, overall it was, it was okay. It was below my expectations. Have y'all seen, have y'all seen, oh, oh, like, well, I know y'all probably have seen, but you know how in, like, Mickey's Once Upon Christmas, stuff like that, it's, um... You know, they tell three separate stories, and there's just, like, a slight bit of a transition between the three. Mm -hmm. It feels like that's what they try to do with these package films, instead of it being, like, one whole film. It's like, okay, here's a clip, and then here's another clip, and then here's mm -hmm. another clip. Because that's just how it felt with, like, the Jiminy Cricket sequences, which I did like those. But when, you know, he, you know, just was the in-between yeah i think this one it definitely tried to do it, it had the best setup in my opinion for best setup is a strong word um it had the best chance of feeling like an anthology and like a like 
this is just a series of uh, a short films that we're gonna play back to back. I just think that they the short films were not good. Well, one of them was not good, and the other was actively sabotaging itself. I'm so not following. I'm, y'all are going to have to... <laughs> yeah, no, trust me. You will hear my opinions. Because I am I know I'm kind of already out of it today between my head cold and my frustration with technology, but yeah, y'all are going to have to keep me updated. Um, we'll just let you be blissfully ignorant. You know, ignorance is bliss, Abby. You're right. So I guess we'll go ahead and walk through the movie. I'm hoping to get through it fairly quickly because... We want to be done. All right. I am not feeling good, and I don't want to have to keep talking about Bond and the Bear for two hours. So, <laughs> so we start with Jiminy Cricket riding on a leaf in a river, singing about being a carefree fellow. And I thought that that was a really cute part, to be honest, when he was like going through the river, and it turned out just to be a flower pot. Oh, I loved that. <laughs> that it turned <laughs> out to just be a flower pot. It's cute. Also. I think it was technically just supposed to be a goldfish, but that was straight up Cleo. That was, that was straight up Cleo. It was straight up Cleo. I was like, if we see Figaro, are we going to talk about like favorite songs and stuff in this? Um, probably, because there are a couple different songs in the movie. Okay, cool. Um, I'll probably, I was planning on bringing that up at the end. Yeah, just making sure. Um, so Jiminy ends up at a newspaper where every headline is tragedy and he talks about how the world's been ending since 1903 which is pretty funny yes bc that is i, I think the bc live was funny it's now 2023 and the world still feels like it's ending so nothing's changed in 110 years but whatever i do feel like the whatever. message of ignore how bad the world is just live for fun has not aged well <laughs> Especially no. with like with like all the damage humans as a species have done to the earth. It's like, hey, maybe don't follow that and actually be self-conscious about what we do. <laughs> but that's just me. I slightly took it as a um try to look on a brighter side, like try to be a little little more positive, like instead of choosing to be upset over something let let's you know be fun and fancy free but also i did i did get a little bit of the whole just ignore your problems so and, i get it and that is definitely what it was supposed to be is just hey live your life don't don't like don't let the troubles of the world weigh you down but those, some of the yeah. phrasing i was like mm, maybe not <laughs> yeah the message is good the like, phrasing you know? and delivery the delivery of the message <laughs> a little a little iffy but um so then Jiminy ends up on a bookshelf because he wants to share a story. No. Wait. Good. You don't remember it either. I remember there was a doll, a bear, and a record. That's yes, and, and then was, from there, oh, I got nothing. On, so, he was on the bookshelf first because all of the books were like negative things or some, something. I think so. I think so, yeah. One of them was, we pointed it out. There were a couple clever, them, like, it was it was clever wordplay. Yeah, one of them was like the the science of melancholy or ah, something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. That that, that one I kind of like. That was kind of fun. It was it was pretty clever. Um, exactly, exactly. So he ends up in a bedroom because of the cat, because he was running after the cat, running from the cat, and he slides under a door, and there's a doll and a bear, and he talks to them, and ends up finding a record 
um, a storybook record of Bongo the Bear told by Dinah Shore. So he puts it on, and then we enter the world of Bongo the Bear. Here we go. Going into Bongo, Bongo, okay, I actually forgot to mention this. Um, Bongo is based off of a children's story called Little Bear Bongo by Sinclair Lewis. Okay. So going into a children's story, which a lot of children's stories rhyme, it worked. I thought it was thematic. And the, the rhyming doesn't carry over in the in-between segment with Edgar Bergen and Luana Patton. So I think it works as the intro to Bongo. Yeah, that would have been painful. I had no issues with it. Yeah, uh, um, I overall didn't care about it that much it didn't bother me but it didn't it wasn't like yeah that that's that that's that's the good stuff so i was like yeah neat yeah um so then we jump into bongo itself and bongo is a circus bear who rides a unicycle and juggles and rides a unicycle while juggling over a tightrope and dives into a sponge um, which I'm glad they don't show us the science of how that works. I would rather let that be cartoon. That, yeah, that's one of those, like, I didn't, I, I just, I'm like, cool, what's sponge, why not? Moving on. But when Bongo's not on stage, the circus workers aren't the kindest to him. They're a little rough with him, a little mean. And so Lil, this is... I think the, Lil's the, a little the, bit of an under, under, uh, understatement. Yeah, no, that I was just trying to be kind. This is the first of the four instances of disney loves crime in this film that animal i abuse? found animal animal, animal abuse disney loves crime number one and one visual gag that i liked that kind of added to the cruelty of him is whenever he was laying down in his cart and the um the light from the window with the bars came over onto his clothes it looked like he was wearing prison clothes yeah yeah that was that was that was clever i will give yeah. him that that was clever it was good. It was good. So Bongo longs for the simple life where he doesn't have to work, which honestly me too, dude. Um, Same. <laughs> Same, man. And he ends up there on the circus train, which I love the gag of the train just inhaling the circus, and that's how <laughs> they pack up, and then yeah, spinning it back kinda, up. that was kind of fun. That's what you had to point out to me. That's what it was. You're right, Abby. It wasn't the the bars. It was the train. I know my stuff. Okay. <laughs> Crisis averted. Good point. So, anyways, <laughs> we see Bongo laying in his bed on the train, and he hears the wilderness calling out to him in the voice of himself, saying "Bongo," and he ends up trying to get out and. He's locked in, but then somehow the lock on the door breaks, and he jumps out on his unicycle and goes down the hill, and boom. And how he survives this, I don't know. He died. He, he dove onto a sponge. Kid's fine. <laughs> You're right. He's a free bear. So he enjoys being out in the wilderness with no responsibility. Although the first night he has trouble sleeping, because there's lots of new noises and stuff, um, which that's understandable. That's understandable. In my opinion, um, at, right after he gets off the train is when the short stops being good. Well, dang. Okay. The silence is great. Him enjoying nature for a little bit is good. And then... We don't like the freedom. <laughs> we don't like it's just this freedom. Nothing else <laughs> that this character does is appealing to me. Or uh, I think works. Or is just good. 
So Adam likes crime. Cool. Um, I'm sorry. What about that? Says Adam likes crime. You would rather him be in the animal abusive. No, I would rather service. the short end. I would rather the short end um, after he is free. I respect that. I suppose that's understandable. But then where would all the fun of domestic abuse be? In Make Mine Music. Next question. <laughs> oh, heck. Oh, my right? Um, anyway. That was good, Adam. So, Bongo explores nature for a long time. And then he ends up seeing Lulu Bell, the female bear, and he is immediately in love with her because it's Disney. I mean... This love song went on too exactly. long. Exactly. And there was a love song. And it, it went was... on so long. Also, this was like 25 to 30 minutes into the short, right? No, this was probably 15. 15? Okay. It's about 30 minutes long. Okay, okay. I completely misjudged the length of this in general. And, uh, yeah. yeah. But, but regardless, that's about halfway through, and then he's actually meeting other characters and doing the rest of the plot yeah it was definitely long um i didn't hate it like as far as love daydreams go i like the style i like that they were I falling in the clouds to like together it. it was just long uh i i really wanted to like this section because it was cute and the art style like you said was like the 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 frame and style of it was good it just everything about it bothered me it was too long. It did a lot of what we've seen in other Disney movies, but worse. Like, like in Bambi, when he was going through the clouds, everything felt ethereal. It felt different. Like, he was on a different plane of existence. This one, it was very much like, yeah, they're in clouds. It didn't, it didn't have the same yeah. magic. I would have rather it been more like the end of Sleeping Beauty where they're dancing in the ballroom and then it transitions and all of a sudden they're dancing in the clouds because they're just so in love. Like, I feel like that would have been a lot better. Yeah. It was still cute. It was, I still liked it. I just think it could have been even better had they done it like that. Also, I really thought that I saw like the same action whether it's like him something popping a bunch of hearts going around or whatever happened multiple times like over and over again it was all it was the same thing in different fonts so they would get in the hot air balloon and it would pop and they'd fall together or they'd be on the waterfall and they'd go over but they'd be together and it's just it, it was the same thing in slightly different scenarios over and over for three minutes yeah Yeah, well, as one of you mentioned, <laughs> they end up coming to, and there is a large crowd of bears around them just watching them. And then the big old bully bear, Lumpjaw, comes in, and he starts <clears throat> beating on Bongo because he wants Lulu Bell. And then Lulu Bell slaps Bongo. But not the same way Lumpjaw did. Lulu Bell slapped Bongo to show love because we then get into the song that I don't remember what it's called. Say it with a slap. 
say it with a slap. Thank you, Adam. Where you slap the person you love because that's how you show love. And that got very confusing because they they would slap each other as a way of showing affection, but then they'd fight using the same kind of slap. So we so all agree like, this what? is the stupidest thing, right? Oh, like yes, okay, sure. cool. Because <laughs> I heard don't I don't try that. That's not how you show affection as a human. First of all, the song is bad. Yes. I, I have heard I heard people like reviewing these that say like this is probably one of their least favorite Disney songs of all time. And I was like, I'm sure it's not great, but it's a Disney. And then like listening to it, I'm like, this is this. It's stupid, and it's also just like not a good song. It. Ugh, yeah. I hated every second of this song that went on for another two minutes there were some really fun parts of the fight i will say like there were there were some genuinely entertaining moments that happened but at one point i looked over at air and i said this is the longest fight sequence thank you it went on entirely too long and when i thought it was done suddenly they're going over a waterfall it's phase two of the fight they they should have they should have just ended this why is he not going down? Why is he still trying? Why why is this movie still happening? Yeah, no. I think the first minute of the fight, I agree. He was fighting him, and in a fun way. A way that, like, only a circus bear could. He's using the unicycle to run around and great. Also, uh, Bongo straight up was, like, lifting tons when he was in the circus. Other bears should have been bodied. Other bears should have been just, like, one hand thrown over the cliff. There, there shouldn't have been a fight, but I'm like, I'm willing to, all right, cool, movie's got to happen, whatever. And it said he was the number one jujitsu. He was jujitsu and he was fighting him with a... Who cares? Why didn't he use jujitsu on the other bear? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Because it goes against the rules of the forest, Adam. He's using a unicycle! <laughs> I have deforestation written down from that. So. <laughs> Uh, that's a hidden bonus one because the other two are in Mickey and the Beanstalk. So we'll say Disney loves crime number 2.5. 2.5 dream drop distance. Got it. I hate you, Adam. I know. Um, anyways, <laughs> so long story short, Bongo ends up defeating Lump Jaw, sending him down the river and with Lulu Bell. And they live happily ever after as a cutie little bear couple. Um, and Bongo actually used to be Bongo used to be represented in the Disney parks. Really? Bongo and Lulu Bell used to be meet and greet characters that would happen, that would walk around semi-frequently up until the mid-90s. I get why they took them out. They stopped using them then, but there have been minor references to Bongo in, like, pins and merch and stuff since then. I remember when we were there last year, I saw a Bongo ornament. Um, okay. in one of the stores. So there, there's still very sparse references to Bongo in merchandise, but no no references in the park itself. Um, there was a restaurant called Bongo Cuban Cuisine, but I don't think that that was in reference to Bongo the Bear. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was in Disney Springs, so I don't, I don't think it's the Probably thing. Probably not. <laughs> um, so then... Jiminy finishes this record, and as he's leaving, he sees a party invitation, and he says, well, I don't need to read that. That's not my property. And then he reads it anyways, because, you know, Jiminy's such a good conscience. We already talked about it. What was that? 
So then he goes to the. Is that a crime? Disney loves crime. Reading other people's mail. Two point seven five mail fraud. <laughs> Disney loves crime. Two point seven five. I, I gotta keep my King Hearts jokes to myself. I keep being made aware of, of crimes that I missed. So that's final 2. chapter 5. prologue. Adam. <laughs> so Jiminy ends up in. It's two point seven five. Uh, what was it? Uh, final prologue or something. Hey, I mean that's. <laughs> The what is it like, the segue of the king the kingdom keepers segments we have, not kingdom keepers I'm an idiot, um, kingdom hearts, yeah. the tra- tales from Traverse Town which Thank I guess I can go you, ahead. Abby. Are there tall tales from Traverse Town, Adam? Uh, the only tall tales from Traverse Town there are are uh, two point seven five a fragmentary passage. <laughs> no. <laughs> There is nothing. I, I scour. There's nothing. There may be a very, very hidden Mickey and the Beanstalk. There may be a Beanstalk somewhere, but I don't... Is I Willy the Giant present? I I can't find anything about Willy the Giant in there. I'll, I'll keep looking in a second, but as of right now, no, there was nothing. There, I know there's absolutely no Bongo the Bear, but... He just seems like... Willy seems like the kind of character that would have a reference in Kingdom Hearts. Like, I, it just feels like that's something they would stick in there somewhere. At least we know Mickey, Donald, and Goofy are in it. Well, yeah. Um, so, as I've said about I mean, yeah, four outside times of now, that. but it, it just, it goes, you have to say it. Jiminy Cricket ends up at the most strange birthday party on Earth. It is this little girl, Luanna Patton's birthday party, and the only person there is Edgar Bergen and his two puppets. Like, who who in their right mind would say, okay, baby, we're going to throw your birthday party, but all you can have is Uncle Edgar and his weird puppets. And her parents aren't even married. It's just so odd. Yeah, I think it'll be best to just say as little... No, I I don't is the problem. It's just... What is happening? What is this framing device? To just move on from this part, any parts related to that, just we can say. It could be a bedtime story, and it works. Imagine this is a bedtime story. Then nobody else there. It makes sense. It's the dad and the daughter. He's telling her a story. There are no puppets. You just there. So actively sabotaging. This is what I was talking about. Uh, spoilers mildly, when the puppets keep interjecting into the actual story and start drawing you out so they can have a funny little joke, it is actively sabotaging the, uh, the short. Because every time the puppets talk or they, it brings it out for the puppets, it brings it down in my opinion. I agree. There was like one or two things that he said that I was, that I thought was like kind of funny, but, but not with how much it. I agree. There was, like, one wordplay. There were... There were a few jokes that he made that I thought was kind of funny, like Abby said. But in defense of this, which it's hard for me to defend this because it's weird. In defense of the puppets, Edgar Bergen was a big-name comedian at the time. And they wanted a big-name comedian to be a part of this. And... That is the defense, is that he was a big name. 
And that's all I'm going to say. No. Absolutely no. He wasn't. He wasn't that great of a ventriloquist. He wasn't that great of a comedian. And also just He was a radio ventriloquist. A what? He was a radio actor. So he did radio ventriloquism where he would play all these different characters by having these really different voices on the radio. I was about to say that's a voice actor! (laughs) It reminds me... Then they should have used that and not the ventriloquism. Like, they could have used his skill with the voice acting in a different way without the use of puppets or ventriloquism. And it would have worked well. Had he voiced all the characters outside of the main trio and it just been different voices that he was doing, beautiful. I would have loved that. But it gives the energy of, um, like in an animated movie where you can tell they brought in a comic relief character or some character and their voice is very clearly just a celebrity and they are there because they are a celebrity and they are the only one who it's like, you're doing bad. This is not a good voice performance because everybody else is voice actors and they are there to sell tickets. It's the, it feels like that. Cause in my opinion, that's not a defense The Oh, well he was famous for his ventriloquism one no, he wasn't. He shouldn't have been. He was not good at that. Two, if you're bringing him in because you want somebody famous, bring somebody else in. Somebody that can actually carry that. I It it doesn't work on I, any level. I thought it was opinion. a very unnecessary part. I think personally. unnecessary isn't even good enough because I think it's like it is bad enough that it drags down all the good parts of this short. Poor Edgar Bergen. If he knew how much he was being hated on right now. But no, we don't hate him. We just we just hate the fact that they kind of forced that into... Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, poor us for having to tolerate that. We don't hate him. We just hate his acting. We just hate his performance. <laughs> so mean. I'm saying, I, like, if you don't like Taylor Swift music, doesn't mean you just hate Taylor Swift as a person. Just don't like. But also, music. but if I, if you Which, are I, in something ego. like, if you're in something like Les Misérables, and it's like this is great, and then they add an original Taylor Swift song, it's like, no, what are you doing? <laughs> Why is this here? Taylor, love Taylor Swift or hate it, this is bad song for this. I have no rebuttal, so we're just going to move Correct! on. Correct! <laughs> Sorry, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> so, Edgar Bergen and the help of Charlie McCarthy and Mortimer Snurd, which, quick interjection, I liked Mortimer. I thought, I, I love a good super dumb character. It just works for me. He was more tolerable the more he talked the less. Like, he was, and he wasn't used as much which made him, again, more tolerable. His scenes, his lines were too long. The dumb, oh, I don't understand what's going on, is fine for, a, like, a line. But it, it is an entire conversation with him. Well, well, why didn't they do this? Well, you have to understand this and this and this. So then they didn't get to, to do this? No, so because of this, this. Well, I don't, oh, that's, well, that's not fun. It's like, yes, thank you. We've, we've established that. Moving on. You should be in a package film. You just did it perfectly. <laughs> I know I did. I could do this. It's not hard. And all I have to do is, oh, 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 like, slightly move my mouth and I'm good. I've got this. Okay. 
I think Adam has exceeded his number of words he can use per podcast. So I will be quiet until just, I will be quiet until the end of this section. No, Adam, you said you have a lot that you want to talk about. Was that all that you hated about Mickey and the Beanstalk? What's Mostly. The... There's like one or two things that I'm like, eh, but typically it, it's the puppets. It is just the puppets. The entire time I was waiting for this one because I'm like, okay. I've seen this. This one has to be quality. And generally it is, but every time I'm like, good, I hear one of their friggin' voices, man. <laughs> I bet the Ludwig von Drake narration is this. I am actively one. curious, and I may look that up just to see how much it saves it. Yeah. Well, let's try to not talk about the puppets right, while we right. talk about the short, just because we've already digressed enough. Yeah. And I don't like opening old wounds. So. <laughs> Aaron's just hurt because we're right. I'm not hurt. <laughs> it's just you can only say you hate the puppets so much, you know? And I'm trying to... Exactly. Yeah, he's right. You, you can only you can only hammer one wound for so long, and I think I can go a little at longer. This, so th <laughs> <laughs> that exactly. We're just becoming critics we're, at this. We're point. beating a dead horse, and I'm trying to provide quality entertainment. <laughs> and unless you're just into the whole beating a dead horse thing, then you are now Disney loving crime. Continue. Exactly. Uh, so we enter the Happy Valley that used to be. This beautiful happy valley with this fun song. Oh, what a happy day. What I, a happy day and a happy way. I love the harp's voice. It is. I she do is too. a very oh, it's Dinah, great Dinah No, Dinah Shore did the narration for Bongo. Oh, I This I was, was Anita Gordon. Has she sung before? Before? Word. Did she do any other previous Disney films? Oh, I see we're returning back to Abby wasn't paying attention. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, she was a big name radio singer at the time. Well, I knew that, but I wasn't sure if she was in. in I would have told you. Gosh. What night? I don't need you to. Just... Okay, she. I liked her voice too. Okay. It was very. It was very soothing and pleasant. I mean, I know I'm not the best at research, but I try to be thorough. Continuing on. Sorry. So she sings that lovely song, and I love it, and she's catchy, and um. Then she gets stolen. Kidnapping. That is a uh, number three. Disney loves crime. Kidnapping. Straight up kidnapping. Straight up. We just need to start selling merch. Disney loves crime. Um, I mean, with how I'm much sure we will be eventually. So <laughs> then, Happy Valley <laughs> becomes hashtag Sad Boy Valley because he, there are no more crops because he the said Harp's what voice... was it what was that this was the only joke of his that i loved go ahead adam our parents dogs are being mildly irritating but it was um like it was something gulch oh um uh... I don't remember, but it was good. Yeah, that was, was like the, the the whatever line the puppet said there was the only one I'm like, all right, that's clever. That's kind of clever. I don't remember what he said, but it was good. Mm -hmm. It was good. Um, yes. Yeah, so the voice of the harp is what brings prosperity and good life to crops and such. His magic. Exactly magic. 
Um, and so without the harp's voice, the valley became dry and desolate. And then the only people left in the valley were Mickey, Donald, and Goofy. My and question is, why didn't they just leave? They I'm, were obviously uh, They seemed very poor. Miserable. They seemed very poor, so I, I'm assuming they couldn't afford to leave. They couldn't afford to, like, move anywhere. But, um... They also look like they were on the brink of dying if they stayed, though. I mean, very fair. That's yes. fair. So, they're starving. They are... All they have is one bean... And, and a useless cow that doesn't do anything. And but a they cow decided, that doesn't milk. Deciding to keep it because friendship. I a don't piece know. of bread. And they slice the bread so thinly that it's transparent. And I love it. That's such a good visual gag. Seeing the, the mm-hmm, transparent mm-hmm. bread sandwich with the tiny sliver of a bean in between the slices. And it's just great. They're obviously hungry. I I was a, I'm so glad I'm not Donald alone. Donald lost his crap. Donald Donald was right. Donald was in the right. I fully agree. Because especially like whenever the I mean the narrator if they portion when the narrator afterwards was like, but they Donald, you can't eat the cow. The cow is your friend. Then why did they sell it? Uh, no, that wasn't the narrator. That was Luanna Patton. That was the little girl. Oh, regardless. <laughs> When somebody's like, no, you can't eat the cow. The cow's the friend. Then why did they sell it? Honestly, they could have portioned out everything that they got from that cow to last them a good bit. They would have been good for a while. They would have been good. So Donald loses his mind. Yeah. Donald loses his mind, and they decide to go. He almost kills the cow. Like He's almost successful. But then he stopped, and Mickey goes to sell the cow. And then he comes back, or while he's coming back, Donald and Goofy are talking about all the foods that they might be able to have. And then Mickey walks in, and he says, and they're rhyming, and Mickey cuts in with the rhyme, and he says, beans! And Donald for real loses it. (laughs) Honestly, they're justified. Rightfully so. Seriously, and he attacks Mickey... After Mickey says, I traded her cow for some magic beans! And then Donald, like, just goes berserk. And the beans fall through the floor, and they're, like, prepared to die of starvation. And very conveniently, the moonlight shines on that one specific spot. Well, duh. Duh. Nowhere else, though. Yeah. If the moon was magic, they wouldn't have this problem in this so-called happy valley, would they? Um, and then the beanstalk grows, and I loved all the visual gags of them falling around the beanstalk mm-hmm. while they're asleep. This was this was I classic like so Disney well. cartoons. Classic. I liked this. This was good. That was a great part. I thought it worked so well. Well, anyways, <laughs> that's okay. They end up in the clouds, and they see a castle in the clouds. So they make their way to the castle. What bothers me, what bothers me about this part is that they're asleep when the beanstalk is growing, and so, you know, yada yada, 
then you just cut to them being like, oh my gosh, a castle, let's go there. They don't want to question where they are, why they're in the sky, what's going on, where'd this beanstalk come from? No, they're just like, we're, we're going there. I had not <laughs> even considered that, but they, you're absolutely right. They just immediately right. cut either. to them going to the castle without even questioning what just happened. And that may have been something <laughs> that, that they had planned for when this was supposed to be a full movie. Mm, but sense. it just was one of the things that they were like, we can make it work without it. But I hadn't thought about that either. That's, it just, it bothered me. <laughs> it did. So they make their way to the castle. Um, there's this whole thing with dragonflies that are dive bombing them while they're going over the pond. I was focused on what was coming up because I, I knew a little bit about the short. So I knew that they were going to have to climb the stairs. And you see how much it took them just to get up one step. The amount of steps that they must have had to go up. Like, they were determined. On an mm -hmm. empty stomach, too. Not even fueled up. Mm -hmm. Like, they were... Imagine what they could starving. do if they'd eaten the cow. <laughs> they'd be... They'd be killer. So they end up getting up to the top of the steps, and they enter the castle. And what do they see? A humongous feast fit for... Fit for kings and giants. And they run up the table and start eating the food. And this is... Crime... That Disney loves number four, stealing because they know that that's not their food, but they eat it anyways because they're starving. So. It made it honestly. I don't know why it made me genuinely happy when I saw them eating it. Uh -huh. When I saw them eating it, I was like, "Yes." It's I, almost it, it, it happy felt and it bothered me. It felt almost like Sorry, when a character uh, holds their breath for a long time and then finally come up for yes. air. It felt yeah. like that's him. Like, oh, I can relax. But on top of that, it drove me crazy that Goofy never did because he was trying to get his hat in the jello. And I'm just like, just eat the jello. He started You're with the it. peas and couldn't get the peas in his mouth because they hit him in the face. And then the jello with his hat. And But I mean, it's Goofy for you. And bounces on it. That, which, that's what killed again, me. It, I'm still, Phineas and Ferb is what started this uh, anger in me that I can't actually go jump on gelatin like a trampoline and this just furthered it it's just not fair life isn't fair guys i can't jump on jello this makes me so mad that i'm never gonna go jump on jello oh 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 no it, i'm upset that i can't no no why i'm are, upset that i conditions? can't because jello looks as though it should be the bounciest thing ever but you know what? If I tried to jump on it, I would just smash through it. And that's just not fair. I digress. So they eat some of the food, and then they hear the ever-famous fee-fi-fo-fum of the giant coming in, which turns into a really clever song delivered by Willie the Giant. Fee-hi-ho-hum. And I thought that was a really clever song. I love the wordplay. And they used it to teach us that he's not just a giant. That he's a giant that can turn into whatever he desires. He's I did not realize that, actually. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, and then he ends up seeing Mickey and Donald and Goofy. And Mickey sees a fly swatter and tries to convince him to turn into a fly. But for whatever reason, Willie is obsessed with the idea of turning into a pink rabbit. That's okay. Um, so they 
end up going through some hilarity that ensues, running around, jumping into food, trying not to get eaten. They end up finding the harp locked in a box, and she sings a song to put Willie to sleep. And she uses her singing to instruct Mickey. She sings in the song where the key to the box is. It's in the left vest pocket. I like that a lot. That one part where she where she instructs him like through singing that it's in that pocket. I I know I've seen that before, like that scene, but I have no idea where because it was either major deja vu or I for sure have seen that part before. Who knows? But it was clever, and Mickey ends up getting the key. And unlocking the box so the harp gets out and Donald and Goofy that also ended up locked in the box gets out. And they end up, while he's asleep, they try to sneak off with the harp. But then he wakes up because Mickey tries to tie his shoelaces together, which was clever. He just didn't execute it well. But So, well... Mickey ends up unintentionally, I guess, or maybe intentionally, who knows, being a distraction, and Willie's chasing him, but this also provides an opportunity for Donald and Goofy to carry the harp away. And we see them running down the beanstalk and cutting the beanstalk, and they end up cutting the beanstalk, and you see Willie the Giant falling, and then we cut back to Edgar Bergen. That's all we need to say. <laughs> and that's kind of it. And then one of the puppets is sad because he thinks that the giant's dead. And he has to say, well, the giant's just a figment. It's just a figment of your imagination. What was with that part? Like, it's like, I, I don't well, get he's it. He's so sad. But, but what the giant said, well, you don't understand. The giant is so, it was Yeah, so... because then the ceiling lifts up and you see Willie and he it asks where even, Mickey is. It wasn't even funny. It's like Mouse. And then you see Willie walking off into Hollywood. Okay, I liked the part where Willie the hat was walking on. through it and interacting with like the the different like. There's a giant hat sign on top of a building, and he picks it up and puts it on his head. That was fine. That was fine. But other than that, yeah. And that, my friends, is fun and fancy free. <sighs> uh, before we finish talking about anything, Mickey and the Beanstalk representation in the parts. Mm-hmm. It's probably the only one, Andrew. It is Sir Mickey's, the gift shop in the Magic Kingdom in Disney World, right behind Cinderella's Castle. It is all themed around the Brave Little Tailor and Mickey and the Beanstalk. There are beanstalks all over, and when you go inside, you can see a giant eye from Willie the Giant peeking into the gift shop. Mm. It's kind of creepy, and I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's a really... I, I don't it, remember that. You may not have gone in it, but it's, it's a nice gift shop. Um, and that is, like, the only reference to Mickey and Beanstalk, really. You would honestly think that there would be more well, than just that. Well, it's kind of like Make Mine Music. The fact that there's a gift shop to a package film is pretty impressive. Yeah, like, the true. fact that there's a restaurant for Casey at the back. Like... Speaking of which, uh, I did actually uh, – Amanda did text me after listening to our last episode and did the, – the Blue Bayou is in – I don't remember if she said where. It is a restaurant outside of Pirates of the Caribbean. 
Okay, okay. I know of... one of the parks, it's called the Blue Lagoon Restaurant. Okay. It's like a blue bayou, okay. I believe. But I knew that it was associated with pirates somehow, but I, it was originally named after the Blue Bayou mm-hmm. segment. So thank you for confirming that, Amanda. We appreciate you. Um, okay, so now we can officially say we have finished Fun and Fancy Free. Oh. Four package films down, two to go. The next one's... We're two-thirds of the way through. No, that's the last one. Okay, well, at least they're saving Um, the best for last, because I feel like that one is going to be the best one. Yep. So let's go ahead and talk about some favorites. What were each of y'all's favorite characters? Who do you want to start with? I don't care. Whoever. I'll go. Uh, The Harp. The the Harp for me. I, I, I like The Harp. I thought she was... She was just... Design was great. Voice was beautiful. Good. Good choice. Mine's probably Donald because he seemed to be the logical one in that situation. <laughs> Agreed. Like, I'm just trying there. to live. <laughs> Mine is also Donald because he's not usually the logical character in the Fab Five. He's usually the one that just has outbursts and is illogical so yeah. it was nice to see donald being the only one that actually knew what needed to be done whether or not it got done um favorite song mine is fun and fancy free that jimmy cricket sings at the beginning i really liked it i thought it was really nice it's a good song the anything the harp sings <laughs> I <was> just, <laughs> fun and fancy free was gonna be it for a while but i i really like her voice Mm-hmm. That one, it was, but also it was really specifically, catchy. specifically her also singing at the uh, at Mickey the instructions. I thought that was fun and creative. <laughs> Mine was actually fee fi fo fum because everybody knows that that phrase fee fi fo fum. So to yeah. hear it put into a song sung by Willie the Giant, I just really enjoyed that. Um, let's talk about our favorite and our least favorite parts of the movie. You're welcome. Thank you. I mean, thank you. I didn't say you're welcome. I said thank you. Oops. Anyways, my favorite and least favorite parts. Um, my. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I was trying to cover up my failure. Um, my favorite part of Fun and Fancy Free is when they're starving and they're slicing the bread. That sounded really dark, but that is not what I was intending. <laughs> is when they're like trying to cut the bread and eat, and Donald just completely loses his crap. That's and, like what like, Adam says. My eats, favorite part is when knives and forks in Pinocchio. In, what he said imprisonment. In when they turn the kids into donkeys. Um, that's my favorite part because it's just so it's classic Disney for me. Mm-hmm. It, that that just felt like the most classic <laughs> Disney. And my least favorite part was somewhere in the middle of Bongo the Bear where it sagged and got really slow. Probably, I'm just going to say when he was in nature for 20 minutes. <laughs> Adam, tell favorite, me your favorite and least favorite. Favorite would probably be the beanstalk section where they're like going up and uh, like it's mm-hmm. it's kind of messing around with them and stuff. I think that's, that's that was very fun and well done. Um, this is hard. Uh, least favorite is anything with the puppets. Anything with the puppets. Least just, favorite ever. All the rest. Just 
Because Bongo the Bear, a lot of it I did not like, I did not care for. The puppets actively infuriated me. <laughs> and ruined what I think was <laughs> actually good. Yeah. <laughs> I think I agree with Adam on both. My favorite part is with the, the beanstalk, whenever it's, you know, growing. And my least favorite part is the, the puppets. Mainly just the one part where he's trying to start the story and they won't let him start the story because they keep trying to imagine it or anything like that. And it's just dragged on. So. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we did not have a pouty princess this time. No, the pouty princess was whatever his the puppet's name was whenever he was crying about the giant. I was also going to say Bongo, Bongo, whenever he, whenever he, uh, thought that the girl didn't like him. That's what it was. There's our pouty princess. Thank you. I I have contributed, I have contributed my first pouty princess. Well, let's go ahead and talk about our final thoughts in our rankings. Um, Abby. Final thoughts. It had so much potential that it did not follow through with. Um, the actual segments like Bongo the Bear and Mickey the Beanstalk, those alone, I thought were slightly more entertaining than just the small clips of like, you know, music and pictures that has been all the package films in the past. But overall, it was pretty disappointing. Um, and I'll give it like a, a three out of 10. Gotcha. Gotcha. Adam? Talking about this made me hate it more. Um, I think I agree with Abby that this I, I was way more invested in these stories, which maybe makes me hold them to a higher standard because I'm like, cool, you're actual, you're an actual story, you're gonna have a plot thread and stuff. But like, Bongo felt like Bambi but worse, and then everything, everything with Mickey and the Beanstalk was good that just got brought down and just a constant gut punch overall i think this made me miss make my music um and so i'm giving it a two out of ten i think it was the worst package film and just oh you're gonna hate melody time oh boy what's a melody thing i'll talk about it in a minute (laughs) So is that the lowest rating we've done? That is the lowest I think any of us have given a movie thus far. Just the thing, making the beanstalk by wow. itself would have been great if they did extend it and do like what they planned to. And didn't have puppets. I would have loved it. It would have been great, but it got po- it got packaged with Bongo, which I did not care for, and the puppets just every time they they actively sabotaged. Yeah. Had it been Mickey, Donald, and Goofy telling the story and they keep adding stuff like, oh, yeah, remember, uh, oh, because of this, it would have been more interesting because it's a place from that they know. But it's like, I don't care about your opinion, fake puppet man. I'm going to give my ranking now um, because I still haven't, I realize I haven't done that. Um, I enjoyed this movie. I loved the short that's what I was trying to tell you, Abby, was that I realized I hadn't done my ranking yet. Um, I enjoyed the shorts. I enjoyed the movie. But in talking with you guys and hearing about the flaws that I missed um, that are 
not easy to ignore. I have to be realistic, but I, I'm also our hashtag happy-go-lucky optimist. So, realistically, my heart is telling me to give this movie a four and a half. So I'm giving it a four and a half. Yes. I try not to give halves, but I can't justify a four or a five, so I'm just doing it. So that is a two, a three, a four, a four and a half. If we can have a Disney Loves Crime 2.75, I can give this movie a four and a half. I don't know. He is He's very vocal right now. You know what? Um, I can't argue with, I can't argue with two <laughs> a fragmentary passage of... <laughs> Whatever. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. <laughs> to the unexpected, unwanted interviews. interviews of chaos. Not that we don't love Andrew and appreciate his opinions. Yeah, I'm just there because I have a face for radio. I know what I'm here. I know what I'm about. Uh, you have a face for radio. I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. I had some audio troubles. I don't know. I had my computer's settings on some wrong things and... Uh, so when we recorded, it picked up absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. So um, here we are. We're going to get Andrew's opinion and ranking real quick so I don't kill myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, fun and fancy free. Mm -hmm. Quite the movie. It, it, was, it was an experience. <laughs> I, yeah. I personally think it was one of the better package films we've watched in terms of just quality of the shorts. Um, I don't think they were necessarily executed very well, but I think in terms of like storytelling and animation, especially, I think they were definitely up in the in in, in the better uh, package films. There's just some very wild choices that they made, especially in the bongo short. That was, it just made me question a lot of it. Like, why in the world bears say "I love you" by slapping? Uh, very, very interesting choice there. Um, there was, there, there was a lot of unnecessary stuff. The bongo short, especially, it was Bongo the Bear, right? I want to make sure I'm saying the right name. Yes, okay. that's correct. Uh, it, it just went on too long. There was a lot of him just strolling around the forest. Um, the And then the fighting the, what was it, lump jaw? Um, that just, it, it, it was fine. It just went on for way too long. Um, I, I felt like that wasn't exactly necessary, but I still enjoyed it. I thought Bongo was cute. Um, and then... I I hated the puppets. <laughs> they were that was going to be one of my questions. They were just just terrible. They they were not funny. The guy was not a great ventriloquist. It it it, it was a wild choice to have a ventriloquist in the movie at all. Um, I love the Mickey and the Beanstalk short, but the the constant interruptions of the uh, the puppets trying to make jokes like every couple of lines was just very irritating. Um, and be 
You mean you didn't love Charlie McCarthy and Mortimer Snurd making comments every five seconds when you're trying to watch a That movie? was my favorite part! <laughs> I'm shocked, Andrew. I'm oh, truly gosh, floored. what kind of a name is Mortimer Snurd? <laughs> uh, the good no. Kind. No, it's not. <laughs> Andrew, that's what I'm naming my first child. Is Mortimer oh, I Snurd. hope not. How dare you make fun of that name? I hope not. <laughs> I, I hope I hope oh, Madeline yeah, well. like hurts you for that. <laughs> she probably will. Uh, aside from the puppets, what did you think of the actual Mickey and the Beanstalk? I love it. I've always liked the Jack and the Beanstalk story. It's always you know it's a fun, it's a classic you know fairy tale. And I think putting Mickey, Donald, and Goofy in the story as three different Jacks essentially was great. I think because. It has been proven time and time again that Mickey, Donald, and Goofy work together. You know, you, you especially when you write it right, because they have different like personalities to them. You can put them together and have some really fun and chaotic um, uh, circumstances. And I am just a sucker <laughs> for that. I love Mickey and Donald and Goofy together. Um, so I think it works really well. I think Willie the Giant is a cute character. I think he is hilarious. Um, I think, oh, and the harp has a beautiful voice, and I think was just a very good character for how short of time she had. I think it's a very good, very good short, and it just, it just uh, actively like went against itself with uh, the the puppets trying to add jokes, and it was just unnecessary. I think. Yeah, that was one of the things Adam said that you talked to him about. That, that we can't hear, yeah. That now. <laughs> was that Disney kept stabbing itself in the back using mm -hmm. the puppets because they had a really well thought out short. And like you mentioned, the characters were, of course, Mickey, Donald, and Goofy are awesome. They, the character personalities bounce each other out well, and they're classic. And Willie the Giant is an awesome antagonist. We didn't really talk about it, but I've always loved the the joke of the smustachios, smustachio nose, the uh, yogurt. Because they reused that in Mickey's Christmas Carol as well. I forgot they reused that in there. Like I've I've always loved that that it's, that joke. It's just, it's classic. Willie it's a great is, one. He's funny. <laughs> That's a good. I forgot about that. So I agree. I think I think that they um they're setting themselves up for failure using a ventriloquist that can't. Ventriloquate. <laughs> Ventriloquate, is that it? <laughs> I don't know what don't the word it. is. Ventriloq something. I don't know, it beats me. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, um, what was your favorite song in Fun and Fancy Free? Uh, my favorite song was the, uh, what was it, the Happy Valley song at the beginning of Making the Beanstalk. That was a cute, really fun song, and the Scarecrows and the Crows uh, singing together. What a happy yes, day. Yes, that was a... What mm, a happy way. It was a very good one. song, and the harp's voice is just really pretty. She has a great a great singing voice. I can't remember. Did I ask you guys last time for a favorite character? I, th I think so. Let's do it anyways. Even if I didn't, just give me your favorite character for... Why uh, not? I think Willie... Willie the Giant, I think he's just he's just fun. 
He is fun. I, and he makes a darn good ghost of yes, Christmas present. Yes, he does. One thing I do remember saying that I... Uh, there are two things I remember saying that I loved in the audio that we lost. One was, first off, I agree with Donald. Donald was right. They should have killed and eaten the cow. Sorry, cow. But <laughs> selling the cow for magic beans did not help their situation all that much It, it, it at first. It's a good thing I didn't typecast Abby as the <laughs> yes. cow, huh? And um, oh, typecasting! They lost. We lost that in the audio. Andrew is Willie. Oh, the I giant. was Willie the Giant. I forgot about that. I realize I lost that in the audio too. So and then um, I remembered mentioning that uh, Mickey tries to tie Willie's shoelaces together, but in every scene, like except that when Willie is wearing like socks and sandals and is not wearing shoes with laces. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. I was just like, that's. A bizarre choice. Like I know it's funny because kids, you know, kids know the the tying shoelaces together prank, and so that's that's a good a good. And they're also probably not going to notice that. No, he's that's sandals. a good joke for kids. They're not usually going to notice that. But I, as an adult, just noticed it and thought it was quite funny. Yeah, and then give me your favorite and least favorite parts of the movie scene segment whatever uh my favorite part i don't remember what i originally said but i'm gonna say it's the uh um the the beanstalk scene with mickey and donald and goofy like asleep falling through things and everything it's it's really fun and then i'm gonna follow that up with the uh when they're when they get to uh Pete's, not Pete, goodness, Willie, um, my gosh, um, Willie's, uh, feast, and they start, like, eating, and Goofy can't eat because he's too busy trying to get his hat off the jello, and I, I love Goofy so much, <laughs> that is classic Disney, and I, I'm here for it. Classic My Goofy. least favorite part is the whole sad birthday party with the ventriloquist. Because it's just the girl and a ventriloquist and two puppets. That is such a sad birthday it is party. The, the strangest and, a, and saddest. A little, a party little I've questionable. <laughs> it 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 makes me question a few things. I, I'm a, a little bit worried for that girl. That the only person that came to her party is a grown-up ventriloquist. And an animated cricket. and an animated cricket. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little concerning. <laughs> Anyways, um, go ahead and give me your final thoughts and your ranking, Andrew. Okay. Um, obviously, being a package film, it's not super great in terms of Disney movies. Um, but in terms of package films, I think this one was one of the better. Um, I, I had an okay time with it. There were some times where I was bored and some times where I was actually furious. But uh, it was still more enjoyable to me than the Three Caballeros, and honestly, more enjoyable than than uh, Make Mine Music as well. Um, so I'm gonna give this one a four. Um, it, it wasn't super great, nice. but it wasn't just the worst. Yeah, I'm still. We're recording this days after our initial recording, I'm and I'm still in shock at Adam's hatred. I know. Of this movie. My goodness. This is the most he I'm has just, hated I'm a Disney movie disbelief. so far. 
Um, he hated Three Caballeros a little more. But he didn't but give that one a two. He gave this one a two. Yeah, he did. Did he give that one a two as well? Oh, okay. Yeah. These are the, the two lowest mm. scored movies, and both because of <laughs> It's a big part of it. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, wet blanket's got to be wet. So. <laughs> Very true. Well, anyways, thanks, Andrew, for hopping on for another no recording. Sorry about the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say sorry news. about my, my settings problems, but I got them fixed. We do. We have them fixed, and now we're going to hopefully get this episode back to y'all soon, and now we'll jump back to the rest of your regularly scheduled programming. Yep. Thanks, and farewell from future Aaron and Andrew. So that has been Fun and Fancy Free. I would like to apologize to our listeners on behalf of all four of us. We, I know we haven't had a whole ton of energy in the past few episodes as compared to, let's say, like Dumbo or Bambi. But if you were watching along with us, I think you would understand. Just stick with us. Once we get past the package films, I promise we're going to be a lot of fun. We got two more. We have two more. Melody Time is next, so if you're watching along with us, watch Melody Time. Uh, Melody Time, unfortunately, although maybe good for Adam, <laughs> apparently, is cut from the same cloth as Make Mine Music. So it is another like musical anthology type deal where it's Last different. It's, I think, seven shorts. It's, it is what I've come to expect from the package films. Yeah, but it's on Disney+. Plus. It is what I've come to expect from the package films. And then Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Ichabod and Mr. Toad. I think Toad. I have the highest hopes for that. It is. I love Same. Ichabod and Mr. Toad, personally. Um, it then, is very similar to um, Fun and Fancy Free in the style. That it's it's only two shorts that are both half an hour. I almost called and, Fun and Fancy Free Live, Laugh, Love. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm Adam, that's hilarious. I mean, there was no live, laugh, I, loving. I in request that. death. <laughs> <laughs> but Ichabod and Mr. Toad doesn't have puppets in it, so I think it'll be leagues better than Fun and Fancy Free. Anyways, so if you're watching along with us, I next hope is Melody so. Time. Next is Melody Time. So watch with us. Um, we have an email address. We don't have any emails to read today, but if you would like to send us an email, we would be very, very excited. To hear from you any questions you have any stories you have whatever we would love to read them on the podcast our email address is distractedqoc at gmail.com qoc as in quartet of chaos all lowercase no spaces um please 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 leave us a review and a rating and like and whatever wherever you're listening to our podcast you can rate it but if you would like to go to itunes apple music i mean apple podcast and leave us a written review, you can do that. Um, we would also love to read those on the podcast. So let us know what you think, any questions you have, anything you want to know, anything you want to say. We'd love to hear from you. We are happy to hear from our our listeners, our fans, our, our friends. Um, but I digress. This has been fun and fancy free. We are happy to be back on our regular schedule, so we will be done with the package films soon hopefully <sighs> so 
Thanks for joining us. I hope so. Thank you three for joining me. I know that this has been tough mentally to get through the package film, so I appreciate y'all's determination. On behalf of myself, Adam, Andrew, and Abby, I would like to say thanks for listening. We can't wait to hear you hear from you, and we can't wait to send you guys a new episode soon. Uh, try not to get too distracted. We probably will, and we will catch you guys on the next one. Bye. Bye. The Distracted Podcast is inspired by Disorder, every Disney film, which is a part of the Real Fans for Real Movies Network. However, we are not affiliated with this network. We simply liked the idea. Distracted Quartet of Chaos is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company, and our opinions should not be associated as such.